What's up, dogs? We're sorry that we're late again. We're back, and right now it's Tuesday, the 1st of March, and it's 10 p.m. in the Netherlands because <laughs> Joe left me wait. You can hear the dogs in the background. That's the junkyard it's... dog, mate. Rum, rum, rum. You see, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't miss a beat. You said we're back, and he's, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> They're really kicking off. Oh, uh, God. I, 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 uh, Dr. Doolittle, are you going to do something about this? All right, we'll continue. Joe's got a little teddy bear on his lap right now. Uh, where was I? So what? highs and lows, oh, mate. Oh, right. Yeah, so basically we're late again. Um, yeah, but we're back. Highs and lows, yeah, Joe. How was the week? It's been a rough week or not? Uh, it's been all right, yeah. what? My, actually, it was pretty good. It was uh, travel back from the uh, training camp and uh, then just took it easy because I'd done a big block of training. Basically, I'd been on the go since like start of January. So I just wanted to like have an easier week freshen up a bit uh, before the last block, before South Africa, and then obviously the lead in St. George. And uh, I thought if I don't have an easy week this week, just gone, then I'm just going to be digging myself a hole. And uh, I think the last thing you want to do is go into an Ironman nailed because it's never going to go well. Um, so actually, yeah, it was quite nice. Did something a bit different. Took the cars out on uh, Saturday with, with uh, some of the boys and uh, first time I've ever done that. And we had a bit of a burn up on the country lanes. You would have you been were... loving it, mate. You uh, you'd played a jockey for the weekend, letting the horses out. Letting the horses out, mate. They were they were neighing like there was no tomorrow. Like, was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burning right. through a bit of fuel. But yeah, it was good fun. It was uh, something a bit different, but yeah, it put a smile on your face anyway. <laughs> well, how uh, how many hours did you train last week? Uh, a shameful amount. I don't know. Like, I think if I'd have done ten, I'd have been surprised. Like less than ten, and I know I did four hours of it on Sunday. Do you do you think uh, in the past you would have taken recovery weeks uh, different than this one then? Uh, maybe. Like, I think it depends. Sometimes, yeah, when you're younger, I think you're more paranoid about taking time off, aren't you? And you always think, like, oh, I'm going to lose fitness, I'm going to lose fitness. But the uh, the way you gain fitness is when you recover from the training, isn't it, you're done? You know, you can do all the training and break yourself down. But if you don't actually take it easy and recover, then uh, you're, you're screwed. But there's always that thing in the back of your head where you think like oh am I doing too little am I going to lose everything I've done but you know as you get older and I think when you've had a few injuries as well uh, where you've been forced to take it off and then you see how quick it comes back from doing absolutely nothing you realize actually like it doesn't you don't lose it and you know I felt really good this week like I've been able to get my heart rate up quite high pretty easily and I think that's always a good sign that you're recovering mm -hmm. and feeling well good what I always keep in mind is uh, if, I, if I've if i got like a really easy week or I missed a couple of days or you wouldn't have been able to get some sessions in is to think that sometimes some athletes get like a, a fracture, stress fracture, and they're out for like six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, maybe longer. Uh, and then they manage to get back into it within a couple of months. So I, I'm always thinking like they've been off for weeks and weeks, maybe months. I've just been off for two days or just one week easy. So you'll be all right. And they say recovery is the main part, don't they? You know, I, know, that's I love the, the recovery. I, yeah, I quite like, look forward to recovery. Some athletes say they hate having a recovery, but I, oh, uh, I love think it. it's quite nice, like not having an excuse to go out training, putting your feet up, having a, having a beer. I know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, you don't need to advise me about uh, recovery, yeah, mate. You love like, it, I, don't you? I, I, I was on a training program, three weeks recovery, one week on. That was back in the days. <laughs> um, well, that was no lows, no lows, no lows. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I've actually, I yeah, I, uh, a low. I don't really think. <laughs> I don't really think I have got a low. Really, like I, I didn't really have anything go that wrong. Like normally, I have loads of lows and no highs. But actually, do, do like, you know what I've been thinking? Because when I'm looking at the highs and lows that I've been written down, I don't have any lows either. So that makes me think a recovery week has only got highs, mate. There are no lows yeah. in the recovery week. There's no lows in the recovery, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so. That, that training normally just makes us so depressed and angry and, and stressful, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it brings out the worst in you. I know, I know. Um, anyway, uh, first high that I have, I'm back swimming with the kids. Swimming you banged with the out kids. 6K, didn't you? We couldn't, bet, we couldn't even get you to do 4K in bloody Girona, and now you're back and you're doing 6K. It's like, what, what happened? The kids bring the best out of me. Uh, it was uh, – it's just a coach on the pool side that helps me responsible, and it's a two-hour session. And the thing is, 
we do get a bit more rest uh, during some of the sets uh, in comparison to some of your sets. So maybe, maybe you've been getting some advice from uh, Ben Ben Canoe on uh, what exercises to do for uh, swimming. Yeah, yeah, he more on that later. More on that later. I I wish I uh, would be able to swim like him. Um, Anyway, yeah, we uh, another high during that swim set. We had to do an eight hundred meter. That was just a steady swim, eight hundred meters. But fifty percent of it was backstroke, and fifty percent of it was breaststroke. And I still managed to swim a one twenty nine per hundred. And I think for me, that is actually pretty good considering it's like a fifty fifty stroke. And uh, if it were, so it's 129s, that would be something like a 57 Ironman time swim. I would be like pretty stoked with that. If it was in yards pool, Joe, you know, just as I, it would be something like 110s per 100, wouldn't it? Probably, yeah, definitely. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be uh, taking down Noel Mulkey, wouldn't you? Who thinks he's the king of the 800s, doesn't he? <laughs> like, um, did I mention that on and- the last one that that was a big low that he bloody put me away? Yeah, I think uh, you did. Yeah, uh, you can not believe yeah. that. Like, I'm still devastated about that. It was the was the last day of the training camp. Last day of the training camp, and he just full of fatigue. Full of fatigue, and he um, pulled it out. Another high. So last week, my recovery week uh, was a bit extreme. I only did three swims, three times uh, an hour swim, and I did three runs, three times ten k's. That's it for the whole week. Didn't do anything else. No bike. I was off the bike for seven days. Then yesterday, I did a two-hour easy spin, and today I signed up for a little swift race. And I had a 10-minute, 20-minute, and 60-minute power PB. So um, first high is that I definitely see that I've been improving on the bike and that I've been coming back from training camp fresh. So, yep, I think uh, stoked. Yeah, really stoked. What were some of the numbers then? The listeners want to know what some of the numbers were. All right, so um, I can I can uh, deduce. You can't tease us one. like that, saying you hit some big some big old power. It PB was big numbers, that. Joe. Big numbers. You know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> big big numbers. Um, so I did the uh, I did the session on the indoor trainer. It was a swift race. Uh, we started off pretty easy. Joe was in that swift race as well, but he bottled it after six minutes. I bottled it, mate. <laughs> I will tell you what was happening. What was going through my mind? Like, I just wanted to do a tempo effort. And we're going along. One minute I'm doing 280 watts, 290 watts. The next minute we go up the hill and it's like 408. And I just thought my head weren't really in it to like smash myself up a climb like that. And then I just wanted to do a normal tempo. And I just thought, oh, fuck this. Like, I just can't be asked. So I just left mm-hmm. it. I couldn't even see you in it as well. Like, I didn't even see your name. I thought you I was, were actually... I was up the front. I was on the front. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even see you. So I thought, I don't even know if Tom's even in it. Anyway, I saw you right at the start. Like, oh, are you ready for this? And then he was like, taunting me before the start saying I hope your legs feel fresh and I was thinking oh like I just want to do like a tempo kind of thing and he just wanted <laughs> to rip me apart and I couldn't even see him in there so I thought has he even turned up to it but yeah and then he goes and what are some of the numbers then what would I miss out um, on so um basically uh it was uh the begin the beginning was was steady easy it was steady hard steady and then later on it was like ripping it when did it um, start getting so, hard then uh the last two I would say the last 30 minutes all right. Uh, but I think there's something we'll, we'll, we're going to do a specific podcast on that because swift racing is the biggest fucking bullshit buster there is in the world. But um, we're going to talk about that later. I'm going to talk about the session right now. So my 10 minute power in that race was 420 watts, 21 watts, and it was 436 normalized. My previous 10 minute power was 412 watts. So um, that's like a... 12 watt improvement so basically you've been yeah. borrowing lionel sanders uh, turbo trainer yep yep <laughs> yep yep <laughs> um then the 20 minute power was 398 and it was uh um 450 normalized but i'm, I'm go- going i'm coming to that in a second joe and the one hour power pb today was one hour was 357 watts and 380 normalized. But it is true, my indoor trainer overeats 15 watts. But still, I have been having this indoor trainer for five years. So if this one's giving me all-time power PVs, I know I've been improving. Because I would it's like all to about... think that it wasn't given overreading because if I was riding with you on the climb from Jonah, then it would mean that I'm going well. So let's just say it was underreading. I, so it was under- um, <laughs> well... It's uh, um, I don't know how much it is under reading because the other day we did the time trial and I averaged for 45 minutes 365 watts, 373 normalized. So it isn't much off of the ones I did today indoors. This so was basically, 
it's but, good. It's a good thing that the Terminator crashed on his bike because if he ended up going out on the ride with you, you'd be putting the wheel on him, wouldn't you? And I be would be able time. to make him cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. Whereas he said his uh, his uh, VO two max is pretty shit. So if I want to make him suffer, I need to get him into the VO two max. Otherwise, he's gonna make me cry. <laughs> so what's the exciting announcement we've got? Um. But, Joe, I think this is because last week we told about that we were going well in Girona riding, that this, for me, is the approval of the data because we didn't have any data in Girona. Girona was all based on feel. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But what's the exciting announcement, mate? That's what we want to know. All right, Junkyard Dogs, finally we're here. So last week we told you about that we want to get extra content out. We want to get create that community. And the majority, 80%, said that we're up for it. So basically, can we, started... we name and shame some of the people that said they weren't? Who was the ones that said they weren't? I bet <laughs> it was Jack Schofield, wasn't it? He was digging us out, weren't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, um, we're going to host extra episodes and content. We want to get extra content out. And for that, we want to uh, wanted to uh, raise money. And we've got we started a Patreon space. And on Patreon, you can uh, subscribe to our uh, channel and um, you'll be able to uh, get extra episodes and extra content. The regular episodes will always be free. We want to get extra episodes out for everyone. Um, but we do need money to get the website up, to get the uh, the whole trip to St. George and all that uh, paid for. And the one thing we don't want to be, we don't want to rely on companies because we want to stay a source from the crowd. And it means that then there's like biases in there and stuff like that. And people can be like, oh, you're bullshitting this company, but that's only because you're sponsored by that company and they're a competitor. We want to be neutral. We, we don't want sponsorship from companies. We, we want, want everyone to be bullshit bustable. Think of us as a podcast for the people. <laughs> podcast for the people. So yeah, if you are uh, if you uh, want to support us on, uh, uh, on Patreons, the link is on our subscription. You can subscribe there. We're going to do the extra episode after this one. So that one will be up tomorrow as well for the ones that are interested in the extra episode. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Um, let's go over uh, to the next thing, Joe. The races are back on track. Races are coming back and I'm over the moon that they're coming back because it gives us extra things to talk about because we've been missing that, haven't we, really? Like over the last like month or two. Uh, well, I'm saying that more than a month or two, like since since uh, the end of last I actually, year. I actually think it's amazing that we always manage to talk about for like 40, 45 minutes without like races and everything. Because with races going on, it's not just race results and pros we want to talk about. It's just so much more opportunities for Instagram posts of the week. Oh, Instagram posts of the week. They thrive, about... don't they, when the races are on? Because there's always I funny know. stuff. Sex hanging out, glucose monitors getting smoked. There's so many things going on. So first race... There's this weekend, a big one, 70.3 Dubai. Um, on the men's start list, there's, we're just quickly having a look now, there's about 20, 29 men. Pretty decent field with mixture of like ITU guys and uh, some long distance ones. Obviously, main guy on the start list, Christian uh, Blumenfeld, isn't he? Really? For sure, for sure, Christian Blumenfeld. We've got defending champ Daniel Beckegaard, but I'm also really curious of big travel on Mockery fan Martin Van Riel. Yeah, I've, I saw a picture of what he posted up or a little video with his aero position when he was riding the long. He looks he fly, looks, doesn't he? He looks, yeah. the position looks really, really good. So, and he's a front pack swimmer in ITU. So, I mean, like he's going to be at the front. If there's the motorbikes, which they had last time when I was there, then that's just going to play into his favour. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's it, they're gone. And it wasn't, by the way, a motorbike. It was a Bentley SUV and it was a Audi R8 that was pulling them along. <laughs> do you think that helps more than a motorbike yeah well god yeah um uh, is that what they had yeah 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 and so a load that... of motorbikes flying around all over the place a bentley a bloody bentley was there yeah bentley bentley ridiculous. bentley suv the big one that's just ridiculous isn't it bentley. i would like to get a, i would like to go do an ironman with a bentley in front of me flipping it you'd be flying wouldn't you like yeah. you know like i've barely touched just pedals. loving it um so yeah uh I think it's going to come. I think I still Bart Annett's on there and he's won it before, but I just can't see him getting up there because he's going to lose time on the swim. And I think he's going to get fucked over on the bike because of the motorbikes and he's not going to. If it was a fair race, if they have a fair race and they don't have any motor pacing, I can see him getting up there because he's a beast on the bike and he runs well off a hard bike. 
mm-hmm. it's a different ball game on a flat course when you don't have any help from motorbikes or anything and everyone has the pedal. Flat courses can actually be quite hard because there's not really any let up. And the, Dubai can be windy. Yeah, and it can be windy. So, I mean, if it's a flat course, cross, you know, the wind, uh, which makes a massive difference. And the fact that you've got to constantly be on the pedals the whole time, that suits him. I mean, obviously, he's won it before. But I would, um, I think it's probably going to come down to Christian Blumenfeld, uh, Martin Van Riel. I think Daniel Becker is going to be there on the at the start of the run, but I just don't think he's going to run as quick as what those guys will. Like, you know, I think he might run a 110, 111, but I think they're going to run 17, aren't they? 18, probably, you know, flat pass see. run. Um, what's the weather like in Dubai? Let me quickly check because last year I arrived in Dubai three days before the race and I was absolutely melting my belly when I got there and it only got worse and worse and worse and worse. When I'm thinking about Dubai, I'm getting goosebumps and nightmares. Max temperature, mate, of 30 degrees on race day. Yeah, that's but that's, pretty, like, yeah. But that's on the heat of the day. Like The race starts at like 6, 7 a.m. It's only three and a half hours, isn't it, on that course. So they finish by 10.30. Oh, right, true. So it's like 23, 23 to 24 degrees. So it's it's all right. It's not too bad. It's a lot cooler than last year, but then it's a lot earlier, isn't it? Last year it was like towards the end of March, wasn't it? Or like, was it? Oh, no, it it was like, it was in March, yeah. It's only in February now, isn't it? So, yeah, so the weather's um, a lot nicer, like in February. Like, I mean, it warms up a lot in the next month. So that plays to their hands. It'd be interesting, though, because Christian has just come down from altitude. So will he be pinging? Or sometimes you can be like, feel like shit when you come down. Like I had it before when I raced South Africa. I came down from altitude. Um, I'd only been at altitude once before previously. And it made me anemic. I didn't know this. I did the blood test him. And Laura showed it to like some of the doctors where she works. And they were like, oh God, is he, he shouldn't be doing an Ironman after this. But obviously she didn't want to tell me because I'd already committed to doing the Ironman, paid all the accommodation, the flights and everything. So she was obviously like thinking, well, I won't say anything. We'll see how it goes. I went there, had an absolutely dreadful race. I remember doing some like pre-race sessions and you do all the pre-race sessions, don't you? And like normally mm-hmm. you're tapered, you feel fresh and you have a couple of good ones, don't you, in the week? And you're like, <laughs> wow, I just hit them paces. That feels good. I remember the paces that I was hitting, even when I was tapered, was so shit that I was like, oh my God, like I just feel crap. You know, I was feeling all right really? swimming actually. But yeah, I mean, I remember doing a session, four by 2K, normal. It was off like two minutes recovery. The, the goal pace was like 330, 325, 330K pace, which normally be an absolute breeze for that. And I remember like struggling to hit it, but just feeling like really not very good. And then obviously the race, I did the race, had an absolute terrible race. I think I was 12 overall. It's probably one of my worst Ironmans to date. Um, and uh, when I got after the race, she said, well, yeah, the doctors did say that you're anemic. And then I had to go and do some like to the hospital and just do some other tests and see, you know, what, what was actually wrong. But it, it turned out that I ended up going really well because about six weeks later I had another race and I felt like I was on one of them incredible days where you literally feel like you're, I was putting out good power on the bike. It was at Texas. I managed to get into the lead on the bike. I felt incredible. Like it was riding like over 300 watts and it felt like I wasn't even touching the pedals, you know, just one of them days, what doesn't come along very often, but unfortunately I punched it in that race, but it was so annoying. Like, cause to this day I, I felt incredible. Like I don't think I've ever felt like that in a race. But it just shows, you know, if you get the timing wrong with altitude, you can either feel real shit, you can feel amazing. I mean, he's got a lot of experience with his coach and stuff, but Dubai wasn't the main aim, was it? You know, they're not doing mm-hmm. all this training at altitude. No, Dubai, this is... Um, St. George, aren't they? This is, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this is just like a bonus. So that's why I wondered, like, will he get it right, the timing? Will he mm-hmm. feel good? I mean, he could be absolutely killing it, could feel bad. But um, there's also some other ITU guys on the start list, so they're all going to be there. So basically, I think this race is going to come down to run a race. There's that Pierre Lacour... He's a decent guy, ITU guy. I mean, Martin, Michael DeWild, and one of your uh, compatriots, mate. Like, he's going to be Dutch, flying, isn't the he? The Dutch gun, yeah. Uh, on the women's field, we've got absolute top favourite, of course, Daniela Reeve. Uh, Laura Phillip is racing as well, so that'd be a, a great battle to see. Um um, uh, let's uh, let's see how uh, how the race is going to unfold uh, this week because we can do a lot of speculation. But in the end, in the end, Joe, and there's only twelve. Fi- there's only twelve females as well on the start mm-hmm. list, which is like such a low amount. But I know why. One of the reasons why they get such a poor turnout uh, for them. I'm surprised the men's are so good. It's because the prize money is crap. It's always uh, you wouldn't expect that in Dubai. I right? don't understand why so many people go to race this race because in my mind makes absolutely no sense the total prize pot is fifteen thousand dollars and that's got to be split amongst all the men and all the female 
So you win the race. I think you get $3,000 if you win the race. That would hardly pay for the trip. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, the top guys have got great sponsors and their bonuses and stuff, so they'll get a lot more than that. But still, for some of the other guys who, like, if they have a good result, they're going to be fifth, which is where the prize money goes down, or fourth, mm -hmm. you know, because you get fourth place or fifth in that. You're probably not that far off the win. You're going to probably be within three minutes of Christian or whoever wins, aren't you, Martin Van Real? You know, because there's going to be a group that probably gets off the bike and they're going to come down to run. So you're going to be a pretty decent athlete to finish fourth or fifth. You'd probably get, I think, fifth place, probably get to $500. I know, it's like crazy, that. ain't it? And that makes you... Uh... Doesn't even pay for their effort. And they won't get bonuses because generally with a lot of the sponsor contracts, the bonuses are for top three. So if you I finish know. fourth place in that race and you get out sprinted, you could potentially lose over 10 grand, you know, 10, 15 grand for bonuses on, on third place. But so the prize money, what you get for third might only be $1,500. Bonuses could be like 15 grand, 10, 15 grand, maybe more, 20, like some of the top even. I don't think so many people get 15 grand in bonuses for a third place. Well, yeah, because it's not from one top, sponsor. Not I know, from one for, sponsor, but I know, you get like multiple sponsors. But yeah, still. so you get seven sponsors. You get about 1,000 pounds or 1,500 quid from uh, each one. You know, I mean, it might not be quite that much for some, but then, but say because you'd grand. have them be, you'd have ten sponsors paying fifty. But the thing quid. is, what I'm saying is, the difference between getting third could be all right. Let's say eight grand after, but after the prize money as well, you get fourth, seven hundred fifty dollars, seven hundred fifty dollars. Mm -hmm. You weren't even going to pay for your pay for your. You're barely going to cover your flights, aren't you? That's not including yeah. the accommodation. You spend the money there, so a lot yeah. of people are going there knowing full well they're onto a loss, which is just I, it blows my mind because like. Uh, I know, it's Quite just a, a really expensive training day. That's why I can see the girls have obviously got more sense because a lot of them are like, well, $15,000, you know, so there's only 7500 total for the first five women, you know, yeah. which is crazy. You know, for Dubai, normally everything's big. The money would be good. You'd imagine it would be $50,000 prize purse for the 70.3 and attract a really good field or even almost have $75,000, the same as a regional champs, and they'd want to get all the top guys there, have a decent payday, which goes down to 10th. I mean... If you think about the PTO races, what they're doing in the calendar, in the Canadian one, the US one, I think if you finish like 10th, you'll get like $15,000, which is the total prize pot for the whole of 70.3 Dubai, mm -hmm. which puts it into perspective. Well, yeah, they've totally. got a million, a million dollars in the PTO Canadian and US race. So basically, I mean, what's that? 10 times up by 65 times the prize pot of Dubai. So you could have one Dubai race every week that prize money and it wouldn't even cover the cost the prize money of what you've got in the canadian champs and uh, american champs mm -hmm. and yeah, you get prize money for finish and you get the the last place gets two thousand dollars in uh the canadian and, and u.s champs which uh win know, you get three thousand just so many ironman races pay to pay shit just really shit yeah crazy like yeah i i just think it's uh it's crazy really when you think about it is um, I have written down one time for a main subject of the week, uh, price money and how how do you, um, are you able as a pro to live off uh, price money and how I don't did think you do it in the first couple of years? I don't. Maybe really we can think... we can talk about that later on. One all time right, all right, to, uh, all right. That's go, one go a bit more in depth in it. <laughs> um, so, it's so good. we've next week we've got a, a big race challenge Miami coming up. So really looking forward. There's some, uh, and I think the majority of people, of course, are going for the win, but as well use it as a build up uh, into uh, Saint George. I want to see how Do well Sam Sam Long does in that. I really want to see him, and I'm I, I'm uh, a bit gutted that Lionel's not racing because I'd love to have seen uh, a Sam Long Lionel showdown start of the year. How's Lionel's training been going? You know, because I mean. Yeah, all right. He started getting coached by uh, Mikel like halfway through the season, or like three quarters way through the season. And but my, Michael Eden really is, is the same coach as Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden. They uh, uh, yeah. started working together. And the thing is, go on. Well, he wouldn't have started working with him until like September because Cons Cup was the end of August, so September. Mm -hmm. So he raced Florida in what I don't know November. But how much difference can a coach really make in seven weeks? You know, he'd already raced an Ironman at the end of September. So he's going to have a taper in that, recovery from that. So basically, he probably only had four weeks of training. So it's not really going to have made any difference, is it? So, like, he, the, what they did in them, like, four weeks of training would not have been the result what he got in Florida. The result he got in Florida was probably down to what he was doing before. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, he had the Collins Cup and he had that Ironman. He had to recover from them. He probably did two weeks of training leading into Chattanooga, recovered from Chattanooga, and then probably did two, about four weeks of training before he uh, raced, tapered for uh, Florida. 
because he'd already mm-hmm. tapered for the US one in uh, California because obviously he thought that that didn't get cancelled till the day, did it? So yeah. really, he had another taper for a race, then probably did about 10 days of training. So maybe the reason he did had the result he did in Florida was just because he was resting, because he would have had an actual lot of resting and he would have had a lot of fatigue from all the other races he's done. So we don't actually know really how well he's going to do under Mikhail Eden because I don't think he's had a chance to see how that training will take effect. So it'll be very interesting to see when he starts racing, is he better than before? Is he worse than before? How well is he going? You know, it will be really, really interesting to see how mm-hmm. how, how it's done because now it'll be five months and now you'll and get a really good It's start. not that he had a bad year last, last year. I mean, he I had think a, he had a good year. Really good year, like, yeah. He, yeah, I think he had a good year. And I'm, it's, uh, I mean, he got better and better as the Ironmans went on. He finally started nailing them and executing good races where he wasn't walking. Like, it, and it seems like I don't know if he, he has, said he had like one of his changed. best ever. He said one of his best ever or his best ever Ironman performance. And well, his seventy point three performances are always like uh, really, They're really always top notch, aren't they? Yeah, yeah seventy point yeah. three is brilliant. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, so, Joe, um, for this week, let's go over to the main subject of the week. This week, we th- we thought we're uh, we're talking about because we had we were talking about recovery. We had a recovery week. Um, we're going to talk about rides and stops, ride stops, uh, cafe stops in uh, specific. We've been talking to various people. I've been talking to people that said, no, you shouldn't really be doing cafe stops because it's interrupting your training. Um, so we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that. Joe? To- total bullshit because I heard from a pro cyclist <laughs> before that told me when I was cycling there, it all counts as chamois time. And at the end of the day, whatever you wear, whatever time you spend in the chamois counts as ride time. So if you ride to the cafe, two hours, you spend an hour in the cafe and you ride back two hours, it's not a four-hour ride, it's a five-hour ride. You spend an hour, you're still in your chamois in the, in the cafe. So I know, log it is riding time. And another caveat to that is if it's raining, it counts as double because riding in the rain is grim. So you ride to the cafe, sunny, two hours, that's two hours. But you sit in the cafe and it starts raining, you have to ride back and that two hours is in the rain. That counts as four hours on the way back. That's a six-hour ride, you bank. Fucking hell. That actually, over the last winter, I've been then training so many hours in the Yeah, but that's why you're hitting it's PBs. Crazy. But that's I why know. you're hitting power PBs now, because of all the hours it's you've finally had. paying off. <laughs> that's why That's why I was smashing it in, in Cork in 2018. I was loving it. 12 degrees in the rain. I could see all these Spanish people like, crying on the sides of the roads with these aluminium foil uh what did you think to... when you saw the spanish guys crumbling in the rain were you thinking yes this is for all the times that i've had to race in the heat yeah i was thinking yeah daddy's home daddy's home he's nailing it <laughs> and uh they were like that's what they think when they see the mozzarella battling in spain in the heat that's what they think <laughs> they, think, oh, they probably say on a podcast oh all these dutch all these white dutch guys were sat at the side of the road you know they were crumbling because of the heat they were like thirsty <laughs> there was salt come through their tops where they'd been like sweating out all their electrolytes <laughs> oh yeah good old story but yeah cafe stops <laughs> I think that like they're definitely all right. Like I think it breaks up a long ride, and loads of people say, "Oh yeah, but you're not get you you're not getting anything. It's a waste of ride." I think it's total rubbish. Like loads of people I know do cafe rides. I mean, obviously, if you're riding five times a week, you don't want to be going to the cafe five times a week. But on your long ride, I think we should de- uh, divide this uh, into uh, certain categories. So obviously, you have different rides throughout the week. You've got your interval workout. You could be a short one, could be a long one. You've got the long ride. You've got the normal ride. If you're doing like a recovery ride, a short one, you could make that recovery ride right to the cafe, have a nice little cafe stop and back. Right? Yeah, that's good for a recovery ride. Yeah. If, you, if you've got an interval training, like a 90-minute session where you want to smash it, I, I would say you don't want to go to a cafe to be fucking around. You just want to get the session done. Yeah, and you want to get home and recover. You don't like really want to finish it off there, do you? So interval sessions and cafe stops – uh, unless the cafe is under your house or something like that, like really close, you don't want to be fucking around. Or if they do like good food and they're close by and you can get a decent exactly. food straight away, that'd be pretty good. Um, but uh, same for, I've been going on on long rides as well, where people stop multiple times uh, for- Sign me up. Right, where do I sign? Where, what club is this? I just got to take a oh, few like, <laughs> you're, say, you're saying sign me up right now, but you're, you're, keen, for, you're keen for a coffee stop? But not as keen as I am. Yeah, you're so, like, no, no, no. Let's 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 get let's get just keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, I, but they do revive you because if you remember, I remember a ride that we did. First ride of our TT bikes in uh, Girona, and I felt absolutely crap. 
And then we weren't going to stop because we thought we were going to be struggling to get back in time because of the daylight, I think, which is like always happens, doesn't it? And I said, let's just quickly stop 15 minutes, like 20 minutes. We went to that like crappy cafe. Can you remember? But we were like, I, oh, I was which, so. Which one was this? It was that one in that town where we just quickly stopped and then Noel caught us up because I don't know what he would be messing around somewhere. And we oh, just, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Now I remember. This wasn't even, this was more like a cafeteria. Yeah, like cafeteria. And I just nailed like two or three coffees straight out the bat, didn't I? Boom, boom, boom. Like, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> we had a donut and we're like a muffin. We had some like stale muffins, didn't we, that were left in there. There was no other cakes. And then, <laughs> if I remember right, it revived me and I felt fantastic on the way back. And we ended up doing some efforts, didn't we, where we did five minutes. And that was where the uh diesel john uh fell off the back because he's uh you picked it up on one of the climbs yeah that was uh that wasn't a long ride so it could be but that is a long ride and it's only had one coffee stop so you also have groups that would they, they listen to the podcast right now and they think all right cafe stops is all right so i'm doing a three hour ride after an hour in i'm going to stop for a coke and a cake and after two hours in, I'm going to stop for a sandwich and a coffee. Sounds like they've got their priorities right. <laughs> come and track, come to Norwich. <laughs> so that sounds like my kind of group. Multiple coffee stops? Are you, would you be up for multiple coffee stops, Joe? Pro I don't uh, think so. Probably not. Like, uh, no. I'd be, like at most, maybe like one middle way for a long ride. And if it was a nice day, I could finish off at the cafe and have some good food if they did something like that. But Generally, yeah, finish I, off, finish off at the cafe. I think a not... good thing to break it up during a long ride is sometimes if you know what cafe you're going there and say it's like a regular one, sometimes it's quite good. I don't know if you do it back in the Hague, but you probably do where you have a bit of a burn up, like the last 15, 20 minutes to the cafe or something like that. Like, like we've got this one cafe and there's like, it's a really good road for doing a bit of a chain gang. And then it's got like a four or five minute climb just before you get to the cafe. Um, mm -hmm. And that is an awesome one for a bit of a burn up. Then you stop at the cafe talk a load of crap about who got dropped, who was looking strong and stuff like that, and then uh, end up carrying on and heading that, back home. That's exactly what we always do with the group back here. Yeah. That makes it so much fun, isn't it? That as soon yeah. as you get to watch the cafe, like everyone's uh, ramping up a little bit. But to give you guys a little insight, um, Joe could be really, really keen for a coffee, coffee stop, but also here's a little situation what happened in Girona. Um, so we were on a ride with the group. It was just a long, nice, steady ride. And at some point, we were passing this really, really small, picturesque town. And uh, Marcel, the owner of the Airbnb, said, this is a really famous garden and it's been featured Courtyard. in many... Courtyard, didn't he? The town Courtyard. Know, he yeah. said, something like he said, it's featured in many movies. Do you guys quickly want to stop and see and blah, blah, blah. And I always said to Marcel, I said, Mate, probably not. Probably not. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, just ask Joe. And Joe was like, no, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. We'd already stopped, said, though, haven't we? We'd already no. stopped, and then we just started ripping it up a little bit, haven't we? You know, like we'd started because picking the face up. You were like, if I want to see something, I'll just go to Google Pictures. And I'll no, that was what you me. said. That was what <laughs> you said. You said that. You said, I'll just go and Google it. I'll Google it later. Noel was the one that wanted to stop, when he? he? was like, yeah, I'll stop, I'll stop. And I'm like... Screw that. Like, we just wanted to get home because we'd already stopped at the cafe, hadn't we, then? So we were like, right, let, let, let's just crack on, you know? Like, so I think this, this approves my message. No double stops on the ride, then. <laughs> to be fair, I have I don't even know a time when I've double stopped, but I do like a good cafe stop when I'm not normally in oh, a I, I, would, I would do a double stop. This, this is... Uh, no, oh, we did about. do one double stop in Girona. Uh, one double stop. The day when the cyclists were there and you got involved in the burn-up, up the climb. I remember we were going through Girona and you said, do we want to stop for a cafe? And I was like, no, no, no. Ooh, and then uh, at the start, off and then, yeah. And then I started riding and I was like, actually, I could really do with a decent coffee. Because uh, I think we'd run out at home anyway. We, so I was yeah, like, but this this is a lot more of an emergency because we ran out of coffee at home and we had to get like a little bit of diesel before uh, we could have started the engine. Um, but one uh, on a long ride, when I would uh, stop for twice for a coffee, and cake is if I would do something like a 200k ride, 220k on a road bike, semi hilly, then uh, I would be keen to stop. So, um, easy ride, cafe ride, interval ride, not really, steady ride, end at the cafe, long ride, cafe stop, middle way. Now, Joe, let's get into the cafe. If you want to stop for a cafe ride, what do you think for a proper triathlete a cafe stop should have? Decent coffee, that is like a must, isn't it? You've got to have a decent coffee. Um, good selection of cakes. 
and some nice sandwiches or something like that because you want like it's, do you think uh, do you say a good selection of cakes because the majority of triathletes do have a glucose monitor they need to keep the levels up so that's why they need to have it or well i think they'll probably kill the glucose monitor when they all the carrot cakes and stuff like i mean i had one didn't i and i remember that time when i had a few cakes and it fell off like it, yeah, started, it, was... sizz it started sizzling didn't it and then it like smoking and then it fell off it was pretty dangerous that was yeah um a, so all right cakes coffee so, Joe, we've got this one friend that really loves his petrol stops, uh, and we're more into cafe stops, but how, when would you go to a petrol for a stop, and when would you go to a cafe for a stop? If I, I'd go to a cafe, like you said, any of them times, like on the rides and stuff like that, but a gas station stop, I mean, man, I'd have to be blowing my fucking doors off to go to a gas station stop. Yeah. Like, I think literally I'd have to be in the heat of the summer, I'd run out of drinks, I was bonking because I'd run out, like I didn't have enough food, and I was like, "Flip and heck, I don't know if I'm going to get home tonight." You know, like, I, and then I'd stop at a gas station. Gas station. It's actually the name, gas station. It should be something like a bonk station. A bonk I station. go there indeed if I'm totally, of course, I'm I'm always I'm always riding naked, meaning I don't have a glucose monitor, so the bonk hits me. You know, I can't. I could could have prevented it, but I ride to ride naked. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's if you're like K-hold or whatever you called it in the last one. Yeah, in the K-hall. So I am very, very deep in that K-hall. I would go to that, to that petrol station, get myself a bottle of Coke and some candy or whatever, and then smash a lot of sugar. And then within 30 minutes, you get to go again. Our friend, he likes going there out of choice because he thinks they're better than cafes. In Girona, he stopped multiple times while we were stopping in Girona at a cafe, like a 100% great he cafe. He was two he's... miles away at the, at the gas station because I saw it because we were sharing our WhatsApp live locations. And I said, oh, he's in Girona now. He's in Girona. I looked again like 10 minutes later. I said, oh, he's at the bloody petrol station like two miles away. It's crazy. Like... Crazy. You can't believe it. I, I honestly can't believe it. Uh, but petrol stations are indeed pretty efficient. So if you want to – so if you're in that case on an interval ride, he absolutely – uh, so it's heat, it's hot, humid. You just want to quickly refill. Gas station, absolutely, hundred percent. Bonk station, gas station. Um, it could be handy. Anyway, Joe, let's go over to. Um, I think this, uh, this, this is this is some useful insights, isn't it, about the uh, cafe stops? Let's go over to uh, the bullshit buster. I reckon. So alcohol-free beer, that is definitely bullshit busted. Like I can't understand why you'd want one because, like, if you're having a beer. You're obviously going to have it for the taste, aren't you? Like, because one beer is not going to do you any harm. I don't mm -hmm. understand why you'd have an alcohol-free beer. Like, that just ruins a good beer. Like, it makes no sense to me. Because, like, if you're on a night out, like, say you're clubbing, you're going to have to drive home. We just have a mocktail, couldn't you, or something like that? Or uh, I, don't I, know. I even think a mocktail is even stranger than an alcohol-free well, beer. Well, I don't know. Like, I, Dude, I just get a Coke or a water. Just get I a mean, water. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go on a night <laughs> I wouldn't even go on a night out where I wasn't <laughs> drinking. Like, I don't even know why I even said that because like, if I was going to go out, <laughs> I it was like, yeah, I don't know why I said that because <laughs> if you were going to go on a night out, surely you'd just make it a good one. Like, You wouldn't even yeah. go on a, a night out. Like, hey, I'm Joe going on a night out just once a year and I'm, I'm going to drink a mocktail yeah <laughs> you sound like a pretty exciting guy yeah well i don't even know why i said it, it was a terrible reason like i wouldn't uh, i would definitely have the normal one but like maybe i got caught maybe it's like if you go somewhere and you got to drive i don't know but i'd have a mocktail over a bloody alcohol free beer all or right whatever, but like. what makes it even worse nowadays is you're training we're, we're all training pretty hard for a triathlon uh in worst case scenario an ironman full distance one Months and months of training, not much alcohol involved. Then you've got race day. You're out there for 8, 9, 10, 12, 15, 16, 17 hours. You cross the finish line and boom, you're getting an alcohol-free beer. I had one there. We had one there at them bloody race and it tasted crap. Like, can you remember it? But it one of them races. It like... is, it's a crime, isn't it? You've just finished a, uh, a damn race and you just want to be absolutely living it and being a total crime. You. Like, if I was on night, like, if I'd finished the race and I'm going out for a night out and they're trying to get and me palm me off an alcohol free beer i'm going to be absolutely livid there's no way i'm after i finish an iron man i'm drinking a bloody alcohol free beer i'm going for the heavy stuff nine ten percent belgian beer let's have it and i'm gonna have a few of them and i will that like, was you know. that was good about the race in new zealand that we did that after party i think that's one of the best after parties i've had yeah like you go to new race. zealand you want we to were see like that. with 30 people pros age groupers and we had a shitload of strong beers um, Oh, they were they were getting me absolutely hammered and i'll tell you who can fucking drink Believe it or not, Braden Curry. 
Guy yeah. is small, but bloody hell, I don't know how he takes it. And that Dylan McNeese, fucking hell, them the, guys can yeah, put it away, can't they? Really, uh, I was amazed because they started off uh, earlier than we were. We, we came a bit late to the party. I was so smashed after that. I ended up getting, which I've still got, one of them New Zealand rugby players, get, uh, like, I don't, they're not proper New Zealand rugby players, I don't know who they were, but they gave me that New Zealand rugby top and I've still got that. I don't even know what it's from. But uh, I, like, <laughs> I just remember Do you the... remember that we uh, came home, uh, we already had a headache and then the next day we had to pack all our yeah, bikes. I can definitely the... remember that. At like, six, <laughs> at like Was it like seven in the morning or something like that? Yeah. We went out, we weren't expecting to get totally hammered but they just kept palming us off of them. And well, then, I was expecting it. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but we were expecting to get totally smashed like uh, like that. And then because me and Tom had to, we still hadn't packed our bikes. We had two bikes to pack. We had to get up at like 7 a.m. And we knew that we had to be at this bus stop for like, was it like 10.30 or 11, something like that? Because there was only one bus that could take our bikes there, weren't it? And we, it said that it had a bed on it, didn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We were like, oh, this is good. Like, we get a bed on there. And the bed, bed was like the most, it was a budget bed. It was like some seats that folded down and me and Thomas yeah, lay next but, to each other. But we had, it was some sort of queen bed, honestly, what we had, because we had the best seats. I don't even think it was a real bed, but we were the only ones who could properly lay down on the bus. And I think I've slept there like a baby for six oh, or seven I, hours. Oh, was fantastic. And I remember just, uh, I yeah, that was... I, uh, I would, I would voluntarily sleep in that bus after an Ironman just to recover. Oh, like it best was bu- best bus drive I've ever had. It was better than like. I've still, like- um, I've still got a video where I can bribe Dylan McNeese and Braden Curry with that they're sitting in the Burger King, absolutely smashed eating burgers, and we're coming in and we uh, we caught them off guard smashing burgers. Oh yeah, I can remember that. But yeah, I think <laughs> so. Going back to it, alcohol-free beer totally pointless like why would you ruin a good beer by having an alcohol free one i have been known i will admit to have alcohol free beer in the mm-hmm. past but like all people i've learned from my mistakes and i've got into decent beer i've had it and it doesn't affect your training i think alcohol free beer sounds like kids champagne the champagne you give and to your kids with new year's eve stuff like s- that someone i know asked craig alexander multiple ironman world champ 7.3 world champ when you were training craig did you used to drink a beer and he said, yeah, I used to have I used to have a beer, but I'd never have more than enough that would ruin the next day's training. And he told me that. And I thought, actually, that is a great thing to, 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 uh, to, to when you think about it, to go by. If you're training hard, have a beer, have as many as you want, as long as it doesn't affect the next day's training. So that's what I do. If I go on a night out and I have like a, like a load of beers, I always think to myself, you can have as many as you want, Joe, but you're going to get that training done no matter what. And then the next day, and you wake up and you feel shit. You kind of think, "Well, I've got to deal with this because I took the I took the took it on." You know, I thought I'll go have a good night, but like take it on the chin. You got to take it on the chin. Just got to get it done. So, like, but ideally, don't have too many. Just have a uh, don't ruin the next day's training. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. At the end of the day, like mm-hmm. a good alcohol beer tastes better than what about alcohol. what about the positive effects of alcohol free beer? Meaning, it's full of minerals and it hydrates. Total bullshit. Just have an electrolyte tablet. Or a smoothie, <laughs> like you know, like a marketing bullshit. Like, there's no way it's full of electrolytes and does all that. Just have an electrolyte tablet before you go out or when you get back. And have I a even smoothie. have a, I even have a tube of electrolyte tabs with me uh, on the go. So whenever I go to a restaurant, I just pop one of them tabs in the bottle that's on the table. So uh, if they're that good, full of electrolytes, why are none of their athletes drinking alcohol-free beer on the bike during an Ironman then? Yeah, exactly. Um, Joe, before we go to the Instagram post of the week, I have got a new subject of the week, um, meaning a question from the followers. So in the next coming weeks, you guys can uh, send in a question because I've been inspired by uh, magazines. Um, Always in a magazine, you see something with either some sort of problem and then the doctor comes and comes out with help. So, Joe, here's the question. Whenever I go running between three to four miles in, the brown turtle starts pushing his way out every fucking time. <laughs> I'm like the bum- <laughs> I'm like one bomb whisper away from just soiling my best fronts. It's beyond a joke. I can't begin to explain how many single socks I've got in the top draw. What's your what's your opinion on this and how can I stop it? Wow. That is uh, that is pretty bad. I'd hate that if that happens every time. Uh, does he get well? Obviously, he needs he needs a bit of motivation, Joe. Not not he, really. <laughs> he needs to go to the loo before he's gone out for a run. If he already does that, 
then that's a tricky one. I would say he probably needs to encourage more out before he goes. So maybe an hour before a run, take a load of caffeine, have a couple of coffees, have a caffeine tablet or Red Bull, and that will that will get the bowels going, and then boom. Maybe he's running when he gets up straight first thing in the morning without going to loo, and that's why he's getting caught out. No, but he said every run, didn't he? Nan. Oh, every run, three to four miles. Tough. I need a bit more info, really. But like... <laughs> like uh, you need more yeah I, to be honest i can agree with you uh, on this i need a bit more background info but as a proper experienced wild pooper uh as joe i've been i suffer uh i've i've got this problem whenever i go for <laughs> you just go uh, on the beach you went on the beach in malaga <laughs> <laughs> i only have this problem really really early in the morning so if you've got this problem always really early in the morning it's just i would say um, either do your run in the evening or later on the day, because uh, I never have that problem when I do that. But if you can't do it later on the day, just run prepared. Bring maybe toilet paper. Maybe he's a junkyard dog, because all, dog, all dogs go for a poo in the wild, don't they? And they don't care. I know. Although if you're a real proper dog, you just throw it around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the real advice we uh, we can give you. And don't be ashamed for a little poo. Every yeah, runner, I've, uh, I've had to had do it loads. I've had to do it loads of times. Though. I know. Dark, I remember in the beginning, I always kept it in until uh, I came home, and I at the last two k was always crippily walking like an old man. Yeah, one time, bored and sweat, and <laughs> one time the worst thing you can do because I've been caught out like this before. I literally was trying to hold it in. I was out for a run, and um, I was like, "God, I need the loo bad." I was like, <laughs> but I was like two and a half miles away, so only four k from home, and I'm like, "I'm gonna get home. I'm gonna get home." And I could have stopped. I was in some bloody bushes. I carried on going. And I got to the point where it was so bad. I was having to walk for a bit. And I was a bit sweating because that's what it does. You just start sweating, oh, don't you? And boring and sweat. So Your heart rate stays high. Yeah. And I was on this main road. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. Like, I really don't think I'm going to be able to get home now. Like, what are my options? And I'm on this main road. I'm thinking there's no cover. I'm thinking... I can't go for a poo here because all these cars are going to see me and they're going to be like, what the hell is he doing next to the road? And I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't think I can make it home because I've got like three or four K to go. And bearing in mind, I live in the city centre, so it's getting busier and busier as I go. So if I, don't, if I do commit to going home, it is literally, I'm going to have to make it home or I'm going to end up shitting myself and I'm going to be running through the bloody town <laughs> with poo on me. Like, I can't be dealing with that. There's no way I can do that. So I carried on walking. I'm like, oh no, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I've got no phone on me. I can't even ring someone to pick me up. Um, I saw some bushes that were like near the main road. Literally these bushes. I let, it was at night, luckily. And I literally just had to run these bushes. If the people in their house had looked out, they'd have bloody seen me. And I'm like, oh God, like I can't believe I'm doing this, but I had to do it. And I, oh my God, it was traumatic. Like I still remember it now. This is years ago. It's about six, eight, seven, six, seven years ago. Nobody had to do it in some you can still bush. Feel their eyes. In I your can back. still I can still feel the pain, mate. Oh my god! Because it was like I was. I had to stop. I stopped at the side of the road for a bit because I was like, "What do I do? What do I do?" And I'm thinking, "Oh no, I really I can't poo myself. I can't go for a poo here." Luckily, I found a bush. I just darted in the bush. I went for. I say darted in the bush. I didn't even dart in the bush. The bush just shielded me from the road. But if people had looked out of their bloody house, they would have seen me. But what could I do? I had no choice. Like you know, I, know. I, can't, I can't poo myself. I've been there many, many times. I've even had at some point this game on Strava where the Strava followers guessed where I dropped the poo. Um, <laughs> I, I just put in the title, where did I drop it? And then people would have guessed somewhere uh, based off the GPX file. Um, so don't be ashamed and look look at your normal rhythm. And also when you take too much or too many uh, electrolyte taps, that's going to make you poo. Does uh, it? Yep. Definitely. Remember, uh, it's and it's different for uh, different electrolyte types. Some may be sensitive on the tummy, others not. Like you need to have a little look into it. What works for you? Um, so go for a poo in the morning. Uh, caffeine helps getting stuff, and always run prepared. Always bring toilet paper. Anyway, um, hope this helped many of the listeners. Let's go over Joe to the Instagram post of the week. Have you found something? Uh, I haven't found something, but you found it and you sent it to me. And this is an absolute beast. This is Ben Canute, pro triathlete, USA superstar. Looks like he's getting ready. He's taking a leaf out of Sam Long's book about training hard, but knowing, when, knowing that he's not overdoing it because his testosterone levels are sky high. And he's practicing his thrusts ready for Valentine's Day 2023. You want to check it out. Is, this guy has got like some thrusting skills. 
he is doing hip thrusters. And um, this is not the standard two seconds in, two seconds out. He is doing this on 180 beats RPM rhythm. This is Valentine's Day 2023 preparation. And even is. the dog's looking excited. That there dog. is a there is a dog in in the, there's their their dog and it's in the it's a junkyard dog approval. It's you a junk, see, junkyard you dog sense the, of approval. You can almost see like the dog's like lifting his eyebrows up like Jesus, like is, that is how you do it. <laughs> is that is that how you do it? <laughs> yeah. Like wow, the dog's even impressed. But you've got to see it to uh, to believe it. This is uh, this is skills. Show him some anyway, love and let him know how he's doing. Exactly, show him some love. <laughs> Uh, anyway, guys, if you can't get enough of this, listen to the the extra episodes in the Patreons uh, app. We're gonna do the extra episode for this time. We uh, we're gonna talk about um, 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 what are we gonna talk about, Joe? Ah, we're gonna talk about the Girona training camp. We're gonna rate the training camp. We're gonna talk about in the extra episodes about um, current try events. So uh, stuff what happened last week in the uh, world of triathlon we're going to dive into it what we think of it what we would have done as well as we're going to discuss our build week and discuss a bit of energy drink it's a bit of like on the go but really and also you can sign up on the patreon's website and all the money we're going to use to bring out extra content we're going to host a website a community for everyone and um yeah basically basically more get content some, available. Get some stuff at races and stuff like that and uh, try and get some other pros on the show or other people that we get on, you know, for something yeah. a bit different. Like some it could be people that are in cycling, you know, some pro cyclists, pro triathletes, uh, even people like Chris XXX. Mm-hmm. Um, so a whole range of different people really, isn't it? You know, we want to get on. So there's going to be more free content, but also uh, content for uh, the Patreons. But um, yeah, and we really want to get that website up where we're going to talk, uh, put our races up, uh, put our training camps up, where you want to go, where the coffee stops are, which petrol station you want to go to, which bunkable station you want to be at. Um, but with our own little twist on it. So when we rate the places, it will be like an honest thing from us and how we'd write it, wouldn't it? You know, like we're not going exactly. to write it like the same as everything else. It will be in exactly. our own. And... Um, I'm busy with setting up merch, but that's still going to take a couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know how many people want merch. So first merch is going to be available to you for the Patreons. And if we've still got left, then... Uh... <laughs> we probably will have some left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't know uh, what, what yet, but I'm trying to get swim caps, tri suits and, well, cycling tops. I think the majority uh, want cycling tops and running yeah. tops, running tops running tees anyway thanks for listening everyone and uh yeah we uh, really appreciate the support don't forget to rate the podcast in spotify app so we could be on the top on the search engines above the trainiacs and all them bunch uh kisses from the boys see you see you later guys